Hello, everyone, and welcome to YPA. That's Young People Ask. My name is Edgar Guzman, and I'm here with Father Paul. Happy to have you guys join us for another week, another episode, and another question. This week's question is, has our faith always been controversial when politics is applied? Uh, I think that's very relevant. Um, so before we get into that, Father Paul, how are you? How's Lent? I'm doing well. Uh, Father Byron is not with us today. He's on a little break this week, a little vacation. So um, so we're trying to hold down the fort without him. We look forward to him getting back on Saturday. Yeah, you can do it. You can do it. Does that mean you have the place by yourself? Me and Miles and the two parakeets. Hey, that means uh, you have to feed the parakeets. Do you let them out of the cage? Because I think Father Byron... I do, yeah. Out. They fly around. I bring them into the living room in the afternoon. And this morning when I was getting rid of their old food and giving them new food, the back door shut on me and I locked myself out of the house in the backyard. So I had to call Gus. He had to unlock me out of my yard and then let me back into the office to get the master key to get in the apartment. I've done that before, so I am committed to going out and getting some new keys made so that I don't continue to lock myself out. This is nothing new. This is like the fourth time since two and a half years that I've lived here, probably like the fourth time, maybe fifth, I've locked myself out. Adventures. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Um, how's we're? I think we're halfway through Lent, yeah, mm-hmm. just just about. Um, how are you doing in in your Lenten practices that you may have or have not taken up? I don't remember. Yeah, it's going okay. I mean, like the easy things, like what are you giving up or something like that. That's all fine. It's always, you know, when do I get to the point where, oh yeah, I'm praying way too much, or I'm praying. <laughs> it's, it's always like, yeah, doing more. Um, but, but wanting to do better, um, it, it Lent, Lent is not, is not as honestly as a priest, it's not as retreat like as I wish it was because you're kind of doing things mm. to help other people's Lent. And so it's a very busy time, usually more busy than other times mm. of the year. So it's not the, it's not the quiet withdrawal from the hustle and bustle of life it's kind of the most hustle and bustle of the year is during Lent for, for priests at a parish. And, and I think um, in Rome, Pope Francis, well, before COVID, they'd go on like a week retreat, actually, mm-hmm. with them and the whole yeah. Roman Curia. Uh, so maybe you can join them next year or something. Yeah. They're doing it. They did online things. I think this year they did it online. Online. Mm-hmm. Um, awesome. Well, let, let's get to our question here. Has our faith always been controversial when politics is applied? I always like to take the question and say, where is that coming from? So a student submitted this question, uh, and I think always kind of what, what is the motive behind that? What caused them to, to ask that question? And I think it's pretty obvious during, during our, our unique time that we find ourselves in. Um, I think it's always, in my opinion, it's always been um, a point of controversy. Growing up, I always never really understood why you don't, you know, the parents would say, you don't talk about religion or politics or something because uh, it was controversial and and. Um, I came to that, then my parents not so much explained it to me, but I I found it out through other friends and like, oh, you don't really talk about that stuff. And I was like, oh, wow, I didn't know about that. Um, But I think now more than ever uh, is really, well, in our lifetime, we feel that it's a very hot topic. Uh, It is easy to, to be agitated and to turn a civil discussion into a very uncivil discussion, which sadly we've seen in all areas uh, of life, right? Uh, Because of social media, we're able to see it firsthand. And I'm sure 
we know of someone who's experienced it firsthand or maybe ourselves. Um, but yeah, so let, let's get into that. Has it always been controversial when politics is applied, so church and politics? Has it been that way throughout history? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, I think the question is kind of easily answered with a yes. Um, I mean, you can go from the beginning. So, so Jesus was executed as a criminal against mm-hmm. the state and against religious authorities. So when Jesus is executed, the, for example, Pontius Pilate, the Roman officials, or even the Jewish officials were saying, well, you know, this is the son of God. And there is a dimension of the atonement where the son of God has to die and take upon our sins so that we may be saved. Well, this is not the motivation at all for the religious and political leaders at the time. It was, this is someone who is turning our life upside down, who is questioning our integrity, who is pointing out our hypocrisies, who's highlighting uh, a preference for God to be attentive to the poor, to the lepers, to the outcasts, to the sinners. And so this is, this is challenging us in, in our public political and religious life in a way that we want this person dead and out of the way. And so you're starting from Jesus Christ. And so has there ever been a time where the church hasn't been persecuted? Well, no, very few times where it hasn't been persecuted. Now, there were certainly times where the Catholic church in certain time periods and countries was the ruling body. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But even then, even in those contexts, the values of Christian life and Christian discipleship were constant critiques of, of hypocrisy and corruption, whether that's within the church or within whatever body happens to be powerful and governing a society. And sometimes it was directed at church leaders who, was, who were in need of reform and a church that was in need of reform. Um, so in that sense, his, historically... Well, yeah, this is if if you're preaching the gospel, it it is it is challenging if you are paying attention. <laughs> yeah, and now that you say that, I think of there's plenty of scriptures where where Jesus says, you know, uh, you'll be persecuted essentially, mm-hmm. right? Uh, uh, that you're they I can't, I can't think of the, the the passage now, but they 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 hate you for or they hated me first, mm-hmm. all right? I, yeah. I think. Um, so is it safe to say or to assume? That to be a person of faith, not not just Christian, but to be a person of faith, is to be a person that brings controversy to society. Probably, probably inevitably, if we have if we have passionate feelings, and that's kind of that the areas of religion and politics, where mm. people have passionate, passionate feelings about those, and you should have passion for something that is important and consequential in your life. And so when, you, when we feel passionately about things, we're, we're going to encounter people who feel passionately differently, you know, who take a different position. Mm-hmm. And so how do we engage along those topics about which we are so passionate in a way that can change hearts and minds, we can experience transformation, we can make the world a better place, we can approach it with a certain element of humility and a desire to listen and learn, as well as not apologize for things that we think are true or important or moral. Um, So when I first read this question, I was thinking to myself, well, um, there definitely was a different society 50 years ago, right? I I think it's safe to say and studies show that 
people, less and less people are identifying with any type of faith. So we're talking about the nuns, right? The N-O-N-E-S, the nuns. Uh, and those who just say, I may be spiritual, but that doesn't mean I'm religious. Mm-hmm. Um, and some that are just agnostic or atheist or nothing at all, right? No faith. Um, and so I, I looked at that and said, I think it was less controversial because there were there was more unity in the sense that more people identified with a faith, with a church of some way. And so I think when people were more united because of that, there was less, well, I think there has always been, but there was less, I think, um, s- strong, opinionated, individualistic uh, voices that would uh, bicker with one another. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think now there's a lot more different voices, uh, a lot more people speaking up as individuals, which is not bad, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot more people who have opinions about whatever it might be. So I think even more, we're having even more magnified um more uh, amplified voices with their own opinions who are passionate, like you said. Um, so I think even now more that contributes to why it's so it, it's felt so so much today during our time of how controversial how controversial it could be. Because again, even in our own immediate family, there's a lot more independent voices um, than it could have been 50 years ago. Because usually, in the one family unit is the same faith in the same household and they practiced it together or did not practice it and so they were the same. So I think now it's very common that there's multiple faith in a one common household. Mm-hmm. And I think that is also contributing to where this tension, again, I don't want to make it sound like tension is bad or difference is bad. It's just we are, we are able to feel it a lot more because of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm thinking of two, two pieces of, of that. Um, one is when a society is more homogenous. So, mm-hmm. you know, when it's the same and people share the same faith or they share the same values, uh, philosophical understandings, the same vocabulary, well, there is less challenge. But that is not necessarily a good thing. That just means the things that perhaps, I mean, there's aspects of it certainly that are good mm-hmm. and, and you have this unity, but it can also just mean that everybody's blinded to the same injustices oh, or the same, you know, the same evil in the world. It doesn't mean that the doesn't mean that the uh, the Christian values and discipleship of Christ was still ruling the day. So um, sometimes people will hearken back, oh, you know, well, in the nineteen fifties and all of the shows on TV and things were peaceful mm-hmm. and it was a simpler time and we didn't have all this craziness and all these radical you know, ideas and all the, the, these moral issues that are coming up. Well, yeah. And, and, um, and black people were being lynched or Mm -hmm. discriminated against or segregated or, uh, gay and lesbian people were being killed and beaten to death and had to hide. You know, it's like, so there's, there is no, there's no golden age that we ever (laughs) should go back to. And in that sense, whether the surface appeared peaceful and only certain smaller groups were being oppressed or hidden or is it's there's no there's no golden age and the message of the gospel is always in counseling we'd say perturbing the system you know the message of the gospel is always pushing the question of look at your hypocrisy 
and look at who's not being attended to and look at the suffering who are being ignored. And, um, and that, that is a necessary result of being faithful to Christ, I think. Mm -hmm. So, but that's not to, to deny the fact that in our modern, very pluralistic world, what, what is common ground? And do we, do we even have an ability to enter into discussions in, in some kind of understanding of what is the common good and what are the principles that should guide us? And it's, it is more diverse in that way, both religiously, politically, socially, ethically. There's not sometimes even a common vocabulary to yeah. start discussing an issue. It's, yeah. it's very challenging. Yeah, and that last point you're saying, that vocabulary. Uh, I, I, in discussions that I've had that are hot topics or controversial, I've noticed that. I said, wait, wait, we, we can't start talking about, uh, you know, whatever it might be. If, if we're not using the, what, what's your definition of life, per se, you know, yeah. what's your definition of, and then so it's really, if, if that's not, if that's not common ground, you really can't go anywhere mm -hmm. with, with that. And a, a two, two uh, examples where this comes into play is, so for, for Catholic Christians in our moral and ethical life, where we're going to be shaped by a biblically-based ethics and a natural law-based ethics. And so if you've got many people in the world who reject both of those, it's like, well, I don't care what the Bible says because I don't believe in the Bible. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's nice that you like a book, but your book means nothing to me. Or you have natural law that there is a certain order inherent in the universe and we need to align our way of living with that order within the universe. And someone's like, there's no order in the universe or maybe they don't believe in God at all or even if they do, it's like we're not obliged to be to obey our biology. So in terms of, again, issues of, of uh, homosexuality or the experience of transgender people or other things, well, you have a world that that doesn't, mm -hmm. that doesn't oftentimes understand, and sometimes there is some understanding and an outright rejection of a biblically-based ethics or a natural law-based ethics, well, then that's, that's, that's kind of, we can agree to disagree <laughs> yeah. while each side tries to sway the day in terms of how a culture understands itself and the kinds of laws and policies you're going to pass because there won't be there won't be an, a common understanding. It's just you try to advocate for what you think is the morally correct position. And, and it just becomes a, a battle, a game. Yeah. Who and, wins? <laughs> and in terms of the politics, sometimes those moral positions you want codified in law. So you want things to be legal or illegal. Many times you want those moral positions to be things where you're attempting to persuade minds and hearts, but you don't necessarily want them codified in law. So it's yeah. in society yeah. and many civilizations and some still in the world today. Uh, so, for example, if um, for gay or lesbian people to be sexually involved is a crime for which you can be thrown in prison or executed. Well, the Catholic Church is not. I mean, the Catholic Church is still saying that sexual behavior is wrong and sinful and you shouldn't do it. But it's not advocating that, that people yeah. who do should be in prison. You know, and so that so there's also those those questions of what moral issues should also be legal issues, um, like the church's advocacy to have legal protections for the unborn and to work against abortion. So the church is saying we want this to be illegal and is very actively, a, very active in its advocacy for laws that will protect the unborn. 
but the church is not, for example, advocating that the use of most forms of artificial contraception should be illegal. Some of that is because you know you're not going to win that argument anyway. Mm -hmm. It's just not realistic. And in another sense, it's like, well, certain issues are up to individuals' conscience. So there was a time in the history of the world where if you were a citizen of the state, you had to be Catholic. And if you weren't Catholic, you didn't have full rights as a citizen. And sometimes if you weren't Catholic or if you were a heretic, you were also considered an enemy of the state and might be imprisoned or might be killed. Well, again, the church is not going to advocate that, that you should be imprisoned or enjoy less rights in a society because you're not Catholic. We don't, yeah. That's no longer something we would, we would advocate for. So you have that complication. What, what moral issues also become legal issues and which ones don't? And that, that involves politics and public policy. And... You know, a random thought I had. Does the Vatican officially have declared that the religious, uh, that the, it's a religious state? Well, I guess it's already taken. Like, you know, how some countries do have a, a state religion like written in their constitution or, or proclaimed or something like that. Mm-hmm. Does the Vatican have anything like that? Even though we obviously know it's Catholic, is it... Uh, the citizens don't have to be Catholic, right? Because there's. Well, I am. I, I'm. I cannot speak authoritatively no, on no. the the laws and policies of the Vatican <laughs> City State as a nation. Um, what I can say is that the the Church does embrace religious freedom, and that people are are and should be free to choose their religious beliefs, mm. and that that should not be compelled by the state or anyone else. Yeah. Um, so the church actively is involved, though, in, in politics, like you mentioned, uh, the USCCB, the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops, they, I mean, a, a large amount of what they do is being involved in government. So in that way, we are placing ourselves within in the line of fire, if you will, air quotes here, you know, getting ourselves involved. Um, and that's already being controversial. But that's that's what we're also called to do, not only as a church, but as we as individuals is. Do we not have a, a civil duty to to be involved in politics and to bring our faith into that realm? Mm-hmm. Yes. And what, what the church would say is that, especially like, again, citizens are involved sometimes in partisan politics and are members of political parties and may uh, adopt positions of authority and may run for political office. Um, clergy, bishops and priests, and within the context of, of a parish, we're not to be involved in partisan politics in a way that we are advocating for a side or for, or for particular politicians, mm-hmm. generally speaking. It's to take moral issues. So it can be the death penalty, immigration, abortion, same-sex marriage. It can be a variety of, of moral issues that we will speak to that issue. But And, and this is unfortunate because there are, too, they're not most, but there are too many priests, certainly, who can have their YouTube videos out saying Mm -hmm. you're not allowed to vote for a Democrat and still you call yourself a Catholic. Less common would be folks on the left side of the political spectrum saying how you can't be a moral person and vote for Republicans in this current Republican Party or something. And that's that's unfortunate when clergy are speaking that way as if this is some official representation of what the church teaches because it's not at all. The church raises these moral issues, as Pope Francis says, our job is to form consciences, not replace them. Mm. And within the complicated world of politics and public policy, 
we exercise prudential judgments, which we use as that, that virtue of prudence, which figures out what's the best we can do given a certain situation. And people of goodwill can come to different conclusions in that complicated world and the implications. And so they don't have to deny the policies or the, the values or the principles of Catholic morality. But then once you enter into a public world of religious pluralism, yeah, yeah. it's like, well, how do we, okay, how do we do the best we can with that? Um, so, you know, on, a, on that personal level, for example, with the issue of abortion, well, I think abortion will be legal in the United, it will be illegal in the United States when the American populace passes a constitutional amendment mm -hmm. to make it so. That doesn't seem like it's going to happen anytime soon. It's going to be very likely. Mm -hmm. So if that's not going to happen in the, in, the, in the near future, what are things that we can do to try to persuade uh, individual women who are pregnant to give birth? You know, what are the policies that a society can have that can promote life and protect the human dignity of all life? Um, and so you've got to figure out, well, okay, people of goodwill can disagree on how to get that yeah. done. Well, how do we make, how do we do decrease the number of abortions the most? How do we build a culture and a society where pregnant women feel they have the options that, that don't pressure them or, or make them, you know, make that decision. Yeah. And, and that's where people of people of goodwill can and do disagree about, well, okay, how do, how, how do we do the best we can, given that we can't have this perfect situation? So to say the goal is the same, just how do we get there is going to be different. And that's where, that's where it can get controversial. Yeah. So there's certain principles that, that would be fundamental, like the dignity of all human life and that all human life is sacred. It would be difficult to say I'm a Catholic and I don't believe that humans have dignity or that all human yeah. life is sacred. Yeah. Like that's like, boy, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. so far outside of, of what we believe ethically and morally as Catholics that it would be tough to say you're a Catholic yeah, and not accept that. that. Yeah. But for people to say, I do believe all human life is sacred. I do believe in the value and human dignity of all human beings. And now what do we do given uh, the death penalty, abortion, immigration issues, euthanasia, like what's artificial contraception? What, what, is, what are the things that we practically can accomplish as we attempt to promote values within, within a society, within the public forum, and do that just like anybody can do that, like any... All citizens are allowed to enter into the public forum and advocate for the positions they believe in. And some will win the day and some won't. You know, sometimes you'll get what you want and it'll become a law and sometimes it won't. You keep yeah, and, and I, I'm, I'm thinking of, of how, how we're called to be involved, right? To, 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 not be, <clears throat> to not shy away from voicing our opinion, if we're standing up for what we believe in, in a loving and charitable way. Uh, to go back to our previous episode of being a lukewarm Christian, that's, that's definitely qualities that maybe wouldn't be in a lukewarm Christian, right? And so, like you said earlier, this is a call to people to be passionate, you know, to, to whatever it may be, and, and, to, and to live it out. Mm -hmm. and, and, and I'm seeing this just, I'm zooming out, you know, I, I, and it's in the bigger picture of the church, it's, it, this is a just living your faith, right? If we're just called to live our faith through our baptismal um, 
through our baptism, we're, we're called to, to get off our butts and to live our faith and to get our hands dirty, right? Mm-hmm. Pope Francis has been an advocate of saying, let's get dirty, let's get our, mm-hmm. you know, we want to smell like the sheep. Um, and so all these things is just playing is a part of that, mm-hmm. right? So I think that's really neat. The, it, that it is something that we are meant to, to yeah. do. Some people have, uh, Catholics have, have criticized sometimes the church's way or individual Catholics' way of, of being in the world as the church of nice, you know, and we <laughs> shouldn't be the church of nice because nice is, well, I'm not going to bring up anything that would offend yeah. anyone. Yeah. Or if you believe that, that's okay for you and, 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 uh, and I'll believe this. And so it's just a, a watered down don't cause any trouble, don't be passionate, don't advocate for what you believe, don't in any way ever suggest that someone else might be wrong, let's just be the church of nice, which is not a Christian church. But what I would respond to that is, we shouldn't be the church of nice, but we should be the church of kind. Mm. You know, like being nice is not a Christian virtue, being kind is a fruit of the Spirit and is definitely a Christian virtue. And so as we passionately advocate that it's done from a position of love and that we can be kind and we can try to understand and listen to other people's experiences and respect people with whom we disagree while at the same time not watering down our Mm. belief or apologizing or remain silent when we shouldn't be silent. So I don't see a great virtue in being nice, but I do see a virtue in the public realm of being kind when we advocate for what we believe in. I like that. Um, yeah, I mean, all of this, as, as I've been uh, ending uh, a lot of, of my, my, my uh, conversations is, you know, it's easier said than done, right? <laughs> easier said than done. Well, and the, the, yeah, one of those lines, I remember a, a priest friend telling me who had another priest friend who was Irish. He said his, his priest friend would just say, I just want the church to tell me what to do so I can obey, you know, <laughs> and the moral life is not just that. that the moral yeah. life needs adult people with formed consciences who can navigate their way through a complicated moral world sometimes. And yes, sometimes you you obey, but that's not primarily the approach of an adult, yeah. adult an yeah. adult morally mature person in the world is I just want I just want someone or the church just to tell me what to do. Oh, there's a lot of things where that just doesn't happen. And you have to pray and discern and take responsibility and be willing to to accept the consequences of your choices. Yeah. It's not it's not easy to be being a Christian, not easy being a Catholic, right? And I think this this conversation we're having it, is proof of that. It shouldn't be, and if it is, you're probably doing it wrong. Yeah. <laughs> you don't just show up on Sundays. Yeah, no. Uh, thank you very much, Father Paul. Uh, everyone, we hope that you enjoyed this this episode. Um, hopefully it was enlightening. And as always, we would love to hear from you. Any questions that you have, shoot us an email and share this episode with someone. And uh, hopefully it, it generates right a conversation for you, some, some thoughts in your own consciousness that may be challenging or, or a different aspect that you didn't think of. Again, this is, this is what we are called to do. And this is definitely what we want to do through this medium. And here at the Newman Center is to promote your your critical thinking right is to promote you to 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 think for yourself and to to dissect things and analyze things from a different way in the lens of faith yeah form your conscience so that you can do that well yeah Uh, it's just not easy and hopefully we can we can do that together so everyone thank you so much for joining us i'm edgar guzman and i'm father paul see you guys next episode bye